sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known, by forever daddy, oh how we love you so, I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. I'm ready to like lose my mind in this message. Anybody ready? I mean, I've been wrestling for 30, 40 hours with this word and, and, and I'm ready to just lose my mind. All right? We good? All right, so let's just jump right into it, man. Let me start with a quote. I love to start with a quote. Here's the quote this morning. The truth that makes men free is for the most part the truth that men prefer not to hear. Say, Dag, why you got to go there? It's followed by this one. The truth is like a lion. You don't defend a lion. You just turn it loose and it'll defend itself. Amen? Well, listen, this morning, if you're just joining us, we're, we're going to continue in our study through the book of Genesis in a series titled... The World Series, thanks to you for paying attention this whole three months since the start of the year. If you're just joining us, you can catch all the rest of Genesis up online. You can just, you can watch the video, you can podcast and listen to it just so you could be kind of with us, amen? So you see kind of where we're going and how, how Genesis has been building from the beginning till today, amen? And one of the reasons I love preaching through an entire book of the Bible from beginning to end is that it forces us to deal with all the text, all right? And, and not just, you know, the whole truth, not just the stuff that preaches nice and not just the stuff that gets a lot of amens, but the full truth. Let me tell you, for this week, I had an incredibly hard time with the passage of Scripture that we find in Genesis 6. There is a very difficult piece of scripture, one that at first glance I would have loved to skip over. Because you know, one of those things that when you open something, it just, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, like, let's say, let, let, let me put it in terms maybe that some of you, you know, when, when, when your wife wants you to clean, and so you want to just clean the stuff that you see, but she wants to start moving stuff. And you know when you move stuff, now you gotta, you just open up something that's so much bigger, right? Right? You know what I'm talking about? No? Alright, well anyway. So this kind of, this scripture is kind of like that. And, and listen, I, I would love to have to skip over, but I have to just trust God with this word this morning. And so, because the word of God is alive and active, and like a lion, it doesn't need defending, it just needs to be turned loose. Is that alright this morning? Listen, a couple of weeks ago, I went to a circus, the greatest show on earth. Somebody had tickets and they wanted me to take their kids because they couldn't go. So I went, man, me and my wife, my wife loves that kind of stuff. We said we went, we had a great time. 
the greatest show on earth. There was one part actually though that one of the saddest things that I saw there is this huge cage of tigers. They, they set up this cage and, and you know, you watch, they have 16 different things going on at once so it's perfect for people like me with AD. You know, you could just go everywhere and see everywhere you look, something's happening, right? And so it's great. You know, it kept me very entertained for a long time. But at one point, they set up this huge cage. And then they set up all these cages leading to that cage. And, and I'm saying, man, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. And this huge cage with all these cages leading, you know, off, off, off the place, kind of. And then what they did is through those cages, as they connected them, they brought tigers in. And so the tigers came into this huge, you know, big cage in the center. And there was, must have been seven, eight tigers. But I'm talking huge tigers. Big tiger. Not that I've seen a small tiger, but big tigers, right? There was two of the white ones, the Siberian tigers. You know, the, I mean, these guys are five, six hundred pounds each or more, right? Big tigers. One of the saddest things that, that at the circus was these, this man with, had a little stick and some treats. And with a little stick and some treats, he made these ferocious animals jump over each other. And, and he made these, these monsters do tricks. He made them get up and down. With a stick and some treats, he made them, you know, um, um, sand and sit and, and roll over. And, and all of a sudden, I got a picture of the church. I said, man, we serve the king of kings, the lion of the tribe of Judah. We serve the creator of the universe. And so often we want to put him in a cage, offer him treats and make him do tricks. We say, God, I'll serve you if you do this. I don't know what language he was talking about. You know, I didn't understand a lot of it. It was up. He'd make noises. Up. I don't know what language it was, but, but he, would, he would say, and, you know, and, then, and then I noticed every time the, the, he put something in his mouth, he gave him a treat. And I said, man, so many times, you know, we said, God, I'll serve you if you do this. Here's a, here's a treat, God. I came to church today. Here's a treat. Now do a trick for me. God, I paid my tithes today. Now do a trick and erase all my debt. Because I heard somebody say that. God, you know, here's this, do this. Here's this, do this. Listen, if there's one thing that I'm finding reading through the Word of God is that God doesn't have to do tricks for our treats. Can we get raw this morning? At the end of the day, I'm sure the man in the cage is just thankful that one of these tigers didn't get tired of his stupid little tricks and up and up and tear him apart. Amen? At the end of the day, you and I just need to thank God for the grace that keeps the wrath of God off of our lives. The grace that keeps us from being totally separated from God. Amen. Fam, we need to be careful how we walk because the lion is free. He said the lion is free. The word says Christ is the lion of the tribe of Judah. But keep this in mind. In 1 Peter 5.8, it says, Be self-controlled and keep alert because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's a scary picture. 
if you think see uh, in the circus it was cool because there's a million cages and and then I, I was sitting so high in the nosebleed I said those tigers got to kill a million people before they get to me and my fam so I don't have to run faster than the tigers I just got to run faster than them right but when you talk about a roaring lion free looking seeking whom he will devour man that's a whole nother mindset amen that's something to think about. And, and the, the awesome part about that is when you're a child of God, when you're walking the way God tells you to walk, when you're going the way and, and are in the places God tells you, that joint got no teeth. He could come up and growl and bark and he can stand and look mighty and you can say, shut up. Woof. <laughs> you know, but, but, Live your life a different way, and you better watch your back. Live your life according to your own things. Be hiding from God in the bush, and be careful, because there you're on your own. Amen? All right, let's move on. So, so trusting God's Word and moving in this series, I want to move on in the message titled, In the Days of Noah. Now, we've been dealing, we've dealt with Adam and Eve. We broke down with Cain and Abel, and we've been able to see now how God has preserved and, and kept um, the lineage of fathers and sons all the way down to Noah. Because all the, you know, the reason I was sharing with you, the reason that we hear this one begat this one, and this one begat this one, and this one lived this long, and this one had this one, is because God is showing us there's a godly lineage to where his seed is coming from. Right? And so we've, we've traced this all the way down, and... We, we've seen it all the way to Noah. Now, the passage that comes up next, I, I have to share with you, there are some very different views on this passage. Okay? And there are some really notable scholars and commentators that stand on both sides of this text, which make it incredibly difficult for us, to, to, for us that are not you know, Hebrew and Greek theologians to, to really understand. So I, what I want to do is present to you these two different views. Chapter 4 and 5 teach us about the separation between the sons of Adam, Cain, right? He's sent away from the Lord. He's, he's cast out of God's presence. He builds his own city and, and lives his own way. And, and then Seth, which is God, God gave Adam Seth to replace Abel, who Cain killed, and so Seth is the godly lineage, right? And so Seth is with Adam and stays with God's people, and, and from him we have a godly line. Not that everybody was, was perfect, but in there we have some pretty notable figures, right? We talked about Enoch. Enoch was one of the sons from that line. Enoch, the word says, walked with God to the point where he vanished, right? He walked with God and was no more. Some, somebody say, that's crazy, right? Well, if you think that's wild, wait till you hear what happens next. Genesis 6.1, let me read it to you real quick. Genesis 6.1, let me read you the first part. It says this, When man began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive. And they took as their wives any they chose. And then the Lord said, My spirit will not abide with man forever, for he is flesh, and his days shall be 120 years. Look at the graciousness of God. 
God's wrath stirred up and he says, I'm through with you. I'm giving you 120 years. <laughs> Husbands, wives. How many have been mad at your spouse? And in that heat, you say, you know what? I am so through with you. I'm only going to stay with you 15 more years. Come on, right? In our anger, it's like we packing bag. What you doing, honey? Nothing. Honey, why are your clothes in the bag? Are we done, right? We, when we get in a... God says, I'm through with man. His, and he gives them 120 more years. Somebody say, thank God for grace. Verse 4, it says, The Nephilim... Uh-oh. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. I know you guys didn't come for a Bible study today, but I got to get into a little teacher mode for a moment, all right? Because you got to understand what's happening here. The three questions that come out of that scripture, number one is, who are the sons of God? Who are the daughters of man? And three, who are the Nephilim? Does that matter to anybody or you like to just skip stuff? Right? So who are them? Let me answer, let me deal with the last one first. In some translations, the word Nephilim is translated as giant. People reading reading it, they picture these huge human beings. But in Hebrew, it's it's related to the verb series nafal, nafal, which means to fall. Okay? So so it it means fallen ones. So, So the word refers to a race of fallen ones. You with me? It wasn't until the later translations of the word that it was translated giants. And let me explain real quick. It was translated as giant because in the Septuagint, the Greek translation, the Jewish scholars used, the, they, they translated verse 4 by the Greek word gigentes. I know I'm not saying it right, but none of you are Greeks, so it don't matter. The Greek word gigentes, which means titan, titan. And our English word giant comes from the Greek word gigentes, hihentes, however you say it. So, so, so the Nephilim are a race of fallen ones. Got me? Stay with me. So who are the sons of God and who are the daughters of men? Okay, there's two views on this scripture. I'm going to give you the, I mean, there's a lot of them. Some people say that they're space aliens. There's some wacky, wacky stuff coming out of this scripture, but I'm going to give you the two major that notable, respectable scholars and theologians stand on both sides, okay? The first one is called the fallen man view. The fallen man view says that the sons of God are the men from the line of Seth, the godly men. You follow? So the godly side, it says that the godly side, when they saw that the girls gone wild on the king's side, were ungodly but sexy. How many of you know that sometimes the un, some, sometimes ungodly is sexy? Come on, don't, don't play yourself like you're all these great Christians. The ungodly is sexy. 
I don't want to be real. I'll just keep it to myself here. But, but so he saw the, the, it says, this view says that the men, the godly men from Seth's line, you know, maybe their wives were these Pentecostals, didn't shave their legs, didn't wear makeup, didn't, but, but King's side was like, yeah, showing all kinds of cleavage and all, right? Maybe, maybe King's side, you know, every time they moved, you saw the thong or something sticking out. And, and so, so, so the ungodly, it says the ungodly men, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, clear your minds. The ungodly men from, the godly men from Seth's line saw King's women and, and it says it took them to be their wives and, 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 and I, you know, it says went into them, you know, you know what that means, I don't have to explain that, no pictures. But so it, it, it's, this is the word, this is not me. So it says that, that those, the offspring from the godly men and the ungodly women were the Nephilim, the fallen ones. So it says that this offspring was so wicked that, 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 that you know, it created the fallen ones. Now listen, we'll see as we go on that separation is a vital part of the religious responsibility of those that truly worship God. We see the mindset all throughout Old and New Testament that those who worship God, hear me clearly, where my single ladies and my single men, those who worship, this is all throughout the scripture, you can't deny it, it's everywhere. Those who worship God have no business giving themselves to those that don't worship God. Or those that worship other gods. See, the, the word in the New Testament says, what does light and darkness have in common? Usually the result is a falling away. Okay, you you're with me? I know I got some of you upset, I'm sorry. But remember this, even when choosing the lesser of two evils, you're still choosing evil. Thank you. So this view, the fallen man view, fits, it's, it has good literary context, it fits the lines, you know, it, it makes sense. The Nephilim could easily have been these people who had fallen away or turned from God in a severe way. And, and it would also make sense as to why later on in Numbers 13, some of Canaan's descendants were called Nephilim. Because it, and, and it also makes sense why some of them were, this says men of renown. And why? Because remember, people lived back there for eight, nine hundred years. If you are wicked for eight and nine hundred years, you're going to make a name for yourself. Okay? Men of renown. These men were so wicked. This line, remember I tell you parents, your kids will perfect your sins. So if you're a little bit wicked, your kids will find a way to make it better. If the curse ain't broken. How many are glad that the curse can be broken? Amen? Alright, so, so, so this view fits all of that. You know, the problem, and I'm going to get real Clash of the Titans on you right now. Watch this. The problem that some scholars have with that view is that every time the term sons of God is used in the Old Testament, it is always referring to angels. It's used three other times only in the Old Testament, and each time it's referring to angels. In the New Testament, we're all called sons of God, right? Romans 8.14 says those that have the Spirit of God can call themselves sons of God. But in the Old Testament, it always referred to angels. 
So this brings me to the other major view, and this is the fallen angel view of this scripture. And so this says, this believes that the sons of God were the fallen angels or demons that saw that the daughters of men were attractive and slept with them. How many movies has Hollywood made about this? Listen, I'm convinced all of Hollywood, everything Hollywood makes is from the scriptures. It's, it blows my mind. The more we study everything Hollywood puts out, the problem is they glorify the wrong thing. And they always twist it to sell tickets. Okay, so, so this major view says that the, the fallen angels saw that the daughters of men were attractive, slept with them, and their children were the Nephilim, these mighty men, half human, half angel. Half human, half demonic. Now, many believe that these events in Genesis 6 is the source of all Greek and Roman mythologies. Right? How many of you heard about Greek mythologies, right? They're half man, half, right? And, and so the gods have, have sex with, with, with the non-gods and their kids are half god, half man. And so they have superhuman abilities, right? You've, you've heard this before, correct? And so a lot of people believe, you know, that's Clash of the Titans straight up, right? A lot of people believe that, that um, these superhuman characteristics is because, you know, they were greater than men, but less than gods. And in Greek and Roman mythology, that union is elevated. It becomes like, that's great, you know, when the gods have sex with people and the kids are half god and they elevate it to like a great thing. Scripture tells us differently that God clearly calls it sin and desires to wipe it out completely. Watch how God feels about it. Genesis 6, 5. It says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. Do we see some of that today? And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man, animals, creepy things, birds of the heaven, for I am sorry that I made them. But, how many thankful for Noah's but? Verse 8 says, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 9 goes on to say that Noah walked with God. Here's another man walking with God. And now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and the earth was filled with violence. Sounds like the Bronx. And, and God saw the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Verse 13, and God said to Noah, see when you walk with God, God speaks to you. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end to all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark. Nobody got excited about that. Church, when you walk with God, God walks with you. And you see, he says, I'm going to do something here. I can't not respond to the level of wickedness. So take cover. 
So you take cover. As we saw with Enoch and now see with Noah, when you walk with God, He'll either take you out of it or get you through it. Come on, somebody needed to hear that today. When you walk with God, He'll either take you out of it or get you through it. Somebody say amen. amen. He says you get to cover. See, now, now, now here, here, here's the, the thing. Whether you want to believe that the Nephilim were a result of men going after godless women, which we know creates a fallen race, or if you want to believe it was the result of fallen angels going after human women, which we know would bring a fallen race, we could find scripture on each side to support each argument. If you're taking notes, Jude 6, 2 Peter's, number 13, Numbers 13, you can find scriptures to support both of these arguments. But that's not for us to argue with right now. The bottom line is this, and this is what I want you to take away and understand. Three chapters earlier in Genesis 3.15, the first messianic prophecy was recorded. God said that the Messiah would come from the seed of the woman and that his seed would crush the head of Satan. That was the first messianic prophecy. The enemy is always after the word that you got from God. What is happening in Genesis 6 is a satanic attempt to corrupt the seed. You, you, you really got to get this. Either to corrupt the seed of the woman, either by demonic activity or by creating these half-breeds or by simply contaminating the line of Seth in order to cancel out the prophecy that was spoken about Eve and the prophecy that was spoken against him. Listen, the enemy is always after the prophecy that's been spoken on your life. Always. Thank you. Some of you have been, some of you got prayed for, man, and God has, has dropped these incredible dreams on you, and you've been told, you're called, God wants you to do this, and God has led you to do this, and God has kept you, and God has given you these words, and it hasn't come to pass because you let the seed get corrupt. The enemy is always after that seed. And you could say, well, it just wasn't true. No, you didn't go after it. No. See, God is, listen, listen, listen. God is not going to, I remember when I, I was dealing with young people all the time. And, and I would ask him, I would get little huddles and I would tell him, man, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, yo, I want to be a lawyer, son. And I want, you want to be a lawyer? You have to stop stealing then. <laughs> you... Do you understand that you cannot be a lawyer if you have a criminal record? You know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't have these dreams and then not walk that way. That's, that's what I'm trying to get at. So you see, when God gives a prophetic word to you, when God puts something in your spirit to do, now it's up to you to do it. You don't sit back in the 19th row of some place, never make yourself known, never take a step of faith, never come out to anything extra and expect that God is going to pull you from the 19th row, third seat, lift you up and then all of a sudden make you a man, a woman of God that preaches the word of God. You need to walk in what God has given you and called you to do. Otherwise, shut up. Amen. So listen, and, and, and this gets better. Listen, we'll see, we'll see these attacks 
from the enemy becoming more and more prevalent as we go through the word. Watch this. In the days of Noah, the enemy was trying to wipe out the seed from the, by the men of God as he, as he succeeded to the point where by the time of the flood, only one man was found righteous. Only one man was found righteous, but, 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 but listen, tell somebody, it only takes one. Only one man was found righteous, but it only takes one. In the days of Moses, the enemy used Pharaoh to try to wipe out the seed. And there was a decree issued to kill all the males born from all the Hebrews. And the enemy was trying to wipe out the seed, but God kept Moses because Moses walked with God and, and he would bring deliverance. Amen? In the days of Jesus, the enemy used King Herod and he issued a decree to kill all the male children born in Bethlehem two years and younger. The enemy was trying to wipe out the seed, but God kept Jesus. And Jesus said, unless this seed goes into the ground and dies, it can bring forth life. And so the seed, that seed that died and brought forth life, that seed is now in you and me. We are the lineage of Christ and the enemy is still after the seed. Watch this. In our days, the enemy used our legal system to take prayer out of the schools, to take down and cover up the Ten Commandments, to remove Bibles from our courthouses, to remove God from public places. And in 1973, the enemy used the court system to issue a decree and called it Roe versus Wade. And it was a decree making it legal to kill all the children. Notice now the enemy is not just scared of the boys anymore. This decree was issued to kill all of the children. Because the enemy knows that women will rise up and start a revival. Amen? So he's not just scared of the, of the boys anymore. And, and so this decree made it legal to kill children in the first trimester of their lives. Since 1973, there have been over 50 million deaths. The enemy was trying to wipe out the pastors, the leaders, the young people that would start a revolution. The enemy is still trying to wipe out the seed, but here we are, and it only takes one that would stand. It only takes one that'll stand. So God has kept us. But for what? See, Noah, Noah built an ark after preaching righteousness for 120 years without a recorded single convert. We, we, get, we do one outreach and close the ministry. Noah preached for 120 years while he built an ark when there had never been rain, when he probably wasn't an ark builder because there was no such thing as an ark. But, but he just did what God told him to do. And while he did it, still had compassion for people and still would preach righteousness every day of his life. For Can you imagine how crazy people thought this man was? Lunatic, fanatic. You're building a boat, bro, it don't rain. What are you talking about? 
So Noah built an ark. Moses, Moses delivered God's people from bondage. And even though he never got into the promised land, others did because of him. Jesus, I don't have to tell you what he did, but he lived for 33 years in this flesh so that he could know exactly how you and I feel and how what we go through and what we experience. And he lived in it for 33 years so that, so that he can understand what we feel and then afterwards gave his life for us so that we could live. What are we going to do? Church, what are we going to do? Do we still keep having this little bless me club on Sunday? Or are we going to live like the salt and light of the earth? Listen, we shouldn't fit in this building by now. We shouldn't. We should be knocking out buildings someplace and say, we don't fit there. We should be in stadiums someplace. Not because we're, we're that cool, but because we have something that cool inside of us. Amen? So, so... This is an excuse a lot of people love to use. I got time. Young people tell me all the time, man, I got time. Right now I need to roll blunts and get high and, 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 and slap as many people as I can slap. Right now I need to get with as many people as I can get. But see, that's an MTV gospel. That's not the gospel. That's the mindset of this world that says, man, as, as, as I don't even want to get graphic, but you, you know what I'm talking about. And we think, well, we have time. We got plenty of time. Right now is my time to live life, to have fun, to get... And we don't realize that the freedom that we think we have is actually bondage. We don't realize, young people, I know it's hard for you to see this, singles. I know this is hard to see, man. We think freedom is being able to do anything we want. But that freedom actually becomes bondage. Because the freedoms that we gravitate to addict us. And all of a sudden, we're not free anymore. And all of a sudden, we're sitting alone in some room, getting high by ourselves, depressed. All of a sudden, all the fun little four minutes here and there, we're sitting someplace with a baby that won't stop crying, and there's nobody around to be party with us. Our freedoms addict us. I don't want to get into disease and I don't, you, our freedoms addict us. So, so anyway, let me just speak to that real quick. How much time do we have? Go ahead, guys, you can come up. At least it'll give them hope that I'm done. Come on. How much time do we have? Let me, let me tell you this because this is crazy. Listen, Jesus says in Matthew 24, 37, he says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So Jesus links these two times together and he says that one is parallel to the other. You got to catch this. If we're living in the days immediately preceding the return of Christ, we will find similar conditions to the days of Noah. In other words, the conditions of the world before the coming of Christ will be just like the conditions of the world before the flood. Let's look at some of those conditions. Exploding population. Sexual perversion. Demonic activity and glory in the, 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 in the demonic. Constant evil 
in the heart of man. Widespread corruption and violence. Church, we need to understand these days of Noah because we need to discern the days that we're living in. You know I don't get up here every Sunday and say, man, you better turn or burn the end is coming. I'm not, you know, you know I want to give you the truth, amen. You, you make good decisions, amen. But this is something we can't ignore. The word says, as in the days of Noah. See, as in the days of Noah, the enemy is still trying to destroy the seed that will eventually crush his head. Church, when you walk with God, it matters. When you walk with God, it shows. When you walk with God, He'll take you from it or get you through it. Discern the times. Look around. I think it's time. Will you walk with God? Listen, my church family, just bear with me a second. Those that are visiting, those that, that God brought here, and you, you're saying to yourself, what in the world am I doing here? Or why? How did I end up here today? I believe God brought you here because His Word is alive and active and always right on time. And the question for you today is, will you walk with God? One of the awesome things that we see, we read in, in Genesis how God repented that he ever made man. And that's kind of hard to take, right? But we'll never read that God repented that he redeemed man. Come on, get excited, please, church. He never repents from re redeeming man. He never regrets redeeming man. And that meant sending his son. That meant watching the agony and defeat of the cross. That, that meant separating himself for a second from him as he took all the sins of the world on him, yours and mine. He never regrets redeeming man. Church, it only takes one. Where are my one fivers at? Why don't, why don't you stand? Why don't you stand? Because it only takes one to save a people. It only takes one to walk with God to save humanity. It only takes one. Can that one be you? Can we just bow our heads for a moment as we worship. We go, we go so crazy sometimes and we say, God, why, why do these bad things happen? Why do bad things happen to me? Why, why is all this wickedness happening around me? God, why is it so hard sometimes? God, why? Why? Because the enemy is trying to wipe out your seed. The enemy is still trying to corrupt and, and blot out the word that God has spoken to you and to me. word of God says the violent take it by force I wish we were a violent church I don't know but this morning I saw a lot of violent worshipers in the front man can I call those up again can I call those violent worshipers to the front again 
See, because we need, thank God that it's young people, amen? Amen. I thank God for you guys, man. I thank God for you guys. Listen, I know it's hard sometimes. I know, man, we make stupid decisions. I know we, we make mistakes, man. I know it's hard. But I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. The enemy's been killing, killing their brothers and sisters since 1973 so that there'd be no worshipers standing in churches today, so that there'd be no young people in youth groups today, so that there'd be no young people standing for truth today. But there's still a remnant. God always keeps a remnant. Amen? Come on, why don't you, why don't you, those of you that think you're too cute, why don't you stand, man, and worship with these guys? Come on, let's worship. Let's go. the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless. us.